You're listening to the Michael Papinjak Show. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. This is the New Year Show. 2018's coming up. Holy fuck. 2018, boys. It's exciting. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. You have to make sure you're talking to Mike. Oh, is that how podcasts work? (laughs) Is that how it works? (laughs) 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 Like, (laughs) art. (laughs) <laughs> can, can I can I just say something real quick? Can I just say one thing? You, your your setup here is so legit. I feel underdressed. No. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm wearing the, the Larry King look right now. And, I, and I'm wearing my nice jeans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a special occasion. It is. It okay, is. Okay. Pappy got his suspenders on. Yep. Oh, I'm tickled. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he looked like he just shut down a speakeasy. That's true. <laughs> I did. And he, you look phenomenal. The, those, 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 those rascals. Them. That's right. <laughs> That's this is right. the prohibition era. Okay. The, the Charleston. It's federal law. The Charleston. No booze. As we're yeah. drinking Johnny Walker Red Label. <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh. Wh- what is, is this? This is knob. I don't know where the Johnny Walker is. Do we? Do we still have some? We had like the whole. We saw the. It's bottle. not on the counter. I didn't see it. Did someone swipe it? We could pretend we're doing I bet Johnny you it was Walker. Cam. What, what is this? This is this is just whatever you have. This is Knob Creek. I Knob think. Creek? Wait, wait. Yeah, it's Knob. Yes, it is. Yeah. Hold on, let me let me let me do a taste test. Let me do a taste test. <laughs> he always yeah. does a taste oh, test. There we go. <laughs> it's just Knob Creek. That's Knob Creek. It's Knob Creek. <laughs> That's Knob Creek. So we so, have a we have a very yeah. special. So guest. Every, everyone, welcome to the show. Justin Mocha is here again. Two shows. In a row. So happy to be here per usual. And introduce your your esteemed colleague. So to my left, right, so we have Keenan, who is the co-host of This Is No Laughing Matter. Yes. uh, You know, my podcast, and we are so happy to have him. Oh, yeah, for sure. uh, And, you know, we just had some pretty good barbecue for dinner. We we did. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm fired up. I'm ready to roll. I'm fired up. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. This is uh, the New Year show. That's As right. As everyone knows, this is the week between Christmas and New Year's. Last week, or mm. actually this week, I guess Monday was uh, Christmas. And I hope did you guys have a good, uh, good Santa Claus Day? You have a good time. I can't speak highly enough about it, man. And, and if if I didn't get one present, I didn't work at all. So that's all I can say. Okay. That's all, I'm just stoked about that. Yeah, <laughs> totally stoked to the max about I'm it. Stoked to the max about that. <laughs> if I didn't work, you don't have to get me a gift. Yeah, I, I got some undies and socks, which I think yeah. everyone gets, but it's the most underrated well, stocking stuffer of all time. Well, I have to tell you that you know, as you get older, those kind of gifts become way more valuable <laughs> monetarily like, I too honestly to money. i honestly almost asked for new underwear <laughs> on my christmas list but then i thought as a man who's in his 30s yes. i can just go supply myself with my undergarments yeah but i literally almost thought you know what i really could use some new uh, boxer briefs that's a solo trip Ooh. yeah that's a, that's a solo <laughs> trip item that's something you swipe on the way yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? That's not something. That's not something you call up. You know, Jay Mokes. You're just like, hey, buddy, yeah. listen, I'm gonna take a trip up the Ross Park real quick. Oh, what are you getting? Uh, you know, some. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go look at. Uh, you know, some Louis Vuitton and uh, undies. Undies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's Hanes. that? Hanes. Uh, Wait, so- but uh, but no. So yeah, Christmas was fantastic. I thought. I yeah, got, I had a good time. Yeah, I had a. I got a new computer. 
So mm-hmm. the podcast is going to finally be up and running very yeah. smoothly, yeah, sure. very soon. Good, good. Yeah. And you now you got one of these, right? Uh, yeah. So the I, same mixer. Yeah. So I got the same mixer as you, and okay. now I actually have, I believe, the same computer as you. Oh, that's right. The Microsoft sent, Surface Pro. Well, this is the 13, Microsoft... 13 and a half inch. This is the Microsoft Surface laptop. That's that's correct. That's what I have. Yeah, Jason... <laughs> yeah, I, do, I, I do not have the. I do not have the tablet. It is, no, the, yeah. it is the laptop version. Jason, I believe, got the Pro, which you can detach from the keyboard and take as a tablet. That is not what I have. I did not want that. No. I specifically did not want that. Why did you not want that? I don't like... Because this this computer stays here, okay. It, it doesn't move. I never take it anywhere. I have a separate laptop for work, that is a much less expensive laptop, that is meant to be to go to work and be for mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. only for work. And I just I I and at work we all get iPad Pros to work with with our Ooh. customers. Not it's not mine personally. Y'all are gangsters. Though. That's a little yeah. gangster though. But like when I started there, they're like, "This is your iPad. It is actually it's the number one. There's one through whatever, mm. and you're you're the number one slot. That is your iPad to use. It is assigned to you. And when you are here, that is what you're supposed to use with with customers to price cars, go on the internet, do different things. I mean, literally, I didn't have to buy a laptop. But when I started there, I realized that. So basically. All of the different websites and programs that we use to help customers were designed for Windows. Mm -hmm. And they're very cumbersome to use on an iPad. They're designed to be clicked by a mouse. Right. They're designed for your mouse to hover over things and another window pops up for easy, like quick Mm -hmm. information. And I thought, you know what? I, I just can't function on this thing. I cannot do it. And so I went and bought a laptop specifically for work, and then I eventually got this because my other laptop was just so the fast bed. too. It's so super f- fast. Now is that the stylus attached to the yep, back? It's right here. How, so how did you attach the stylus to the back of your computer? It's magnetic. Okay, and it doesn't mess your computer up at all. No, it just oh. hangs out there. Oh, that way when I when I edit the show, I grab it and I'm able to cut paste. I like that. You know, save things, I like do that. stuff. Yeah, and then when I don't need it, I just put it right there. That's fancy pants. How yeah. was uh, How was your Christmas? What you What you end up doing? Well, it's all family time. Yeah, I mean, Christmas for me, big family time, uh, especially now with Camila, my niece. Mm-hmm. Now that we have a little baby, is that the picture of her downstairs? Yeah, oh, those she's like, adorable. Yeah, she's the greatest. Adorable. She's just the the number one. Did Kim, you see those pictures? Uh, have I seen? I took, I was the, like, I took oh those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I was there, dog. <laughs> no, listen, she is the number one, and um, you know because she's around, Christmas is now has more of that kind of magical uh, youthfulness right. that it did when we were kids. Right. You know, like before Camila, like my my uh, me and my two sisters are both we're on our thirties. My brother's in his mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Like we're all clearly uh, aware that mom is Santa Claus. You know what I mean? You know. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait. What? What, <laughs> what <laughs> the you, fuck up, dude? What do you mean? Stop this. What this is mean? not how I wanted to find this out. <laughs> Were you both in on this? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows about this? I'm Who freaking, knows? Dude, I'm hated right so now. So that's that's yeah. awesome. So well, that's, so anyway, so it has more of yeah. like a. 
you know, like we got to wait for Camila to wake up and say hey, Santa Claus. And I, I have a Santa Claus costume, and mm-hmm. I was Santa Claus, and she was terrified of me as little kids <laughs> usually are. Yeah, but we, you know, we forced her to sit on my lap and stuff, and and you know, gave her <laughs> presents as Santa Claus, and so it, it has this new kind of vibe to it. And Christmas right. morning, and um, we used to just free for all open gifts. Yeah, no organization. Now we do it one at a time because it's no longer just my mom and the siblings mm-hmm. you know like you know camila's mother is there marissa camila it's more like hey let's all watch camila open you know it's just a, it's right, a completely right. different vibe now um honestly i prefer just the free-for-all let's just all open gifts yeah, yeah, yeah. so we can all like just sit around watch christmas movies and and play with our new toys and and hang out. That's good, man. You know? my, my family's all about the reaction. So we have so many. All the females in my house are all about the gift giving. Yeah. So they want to see that that reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think that, is, that's what it is. It is a structured ordeal. You, yeah. you open up your. Everyone opens up their stocking at the same time. That's what we did. And then it's like, okay, mom, you're first. Th- she's always. She's that's what we the did. Queen. That's exactly really? what we did. And we just we, went down the line. We all opened our stockings first together. We do ours last. And then uh, my mom went first, and we just went around the room. <laughs> and I mom swear to God. starts and she finishes. Somehow she, she someone snuck an extra gift for her. And she's just like, so. She's like, no, we got the same amount of gifts. I'm like, mom, you got eight extra gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I don't want to say shafted this year, but uh, <laughs> I realized like that as a 33-year-old male, what really could I ask for? Like, I, I'm not really expecting much on Christmas right, morning right, anymore. Right, right, right. Um, you know, uh, my mother uh, does things like pay my rent. So, in a way, it's Christmas every right. month. And uh, so, like, you know, she's done so much to help me out. Um, I mean, I did ask for a new phone, and I am going to get a new phone. But I'm yeah. not, I didn't get a new phone under the tree. I got to go. And it's not <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's it, some work involved. She's not just yeah. going to swipe a card for a thousand bucks because any phone worth its salt these days is a thousand dollars. That's the mark. Isn't That's that the crazy? mark. It's insane. This computer actually was more than a thousand dollars. Yeah, it was it's about thirteen, fourteen hundred. Yeah, right. but it's still like, what do you mean, my phone? But but that's the thing though. Phones are computers now. Yep, they are. That's the problem. What can't you do on a phone? You can do everything what you want. Can on you a not phone. do on a freaking phone? I bet if I wanted to, I could record and edit my podcast on the cell phone. And for sure you could. Yeah. For sure you could. Yeah. Yeah. If I really, really wanted to, I could do everything from my cell phone. Now, maybe not. I mean, I don't know, though, with this whole get up. I don't know if I could all plug all this into a no, phone. But, but your phone could act as a recorder that you could then transfer into yes. an MP3 file and all yes. that stuff. But basically, you could have your phone act as a digital recorder. Exactly. It may not be the best quality, but at the same time, it still can act as a digital recorder. Yeah. Just you know think I mean? about, like, if you're like a reporter, think about it. You could just, if you're at something and there's a press conference, you just hold your cell phone up. and Yeah. Hell, yeah, you yeah. can film it, and no, it's like yeah. crystal clear clarity. Exactly. No one, no one has a pen and pad anymore, bro. Yeah. Right. No one has a pen and pad anymore. What are you, a newsie? Come on. <laughs> get it together. Extra. 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 <laughs> extra. Have you heard? <laughs> have you heard? <laughs> Winston Churchill <laughs> just declared war on Germany. <laughs> These hotcakes are selling like crazy. Come on down. <laughs> Women playing baseball. 
when our men come home, what type of women will they be coming home to? <laughs> <laughs> Just like your candy bars, you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> the League of Their Own uh, <laughs> reference. Mr. Harvey. <laughs> Mr. Oh, my God, now. That's a reference right there. League of Their Own starring no other than Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell. And um, wait, I don't know about this. Yeah, the, the, you're, that's you're from, so young. Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. What? So there's this a movie. Horrible. There's a movie called League of Their Own, starring Tom Hanks. The, oh, the baseball. Okay, the now base, I know what you're talking about. Female baseball, mm-hmm. and this it's all true story. Well, I, I don't know. If the characters are fictionalized, but yes, but but the, the idea the league was true. Of during World War II, they had a female baseball league. Because all the men were away. Because all the, the men were overseas. No shit. And so they had this, this, uh, um, the you know, all American women's baseball league or whatever, and uh, they made a movie starring Tom Hanks, played like a former major league baseball player, yeah, like who, a washed up alcoholic that yeah. had to coach women because he just wanted to be in the game. Yeah. And, but and and he couldn't go and fight because he was his leg, his knees were all blown out from playing baseball and right. And um, he just scratches his balls the whole game, and he's drunk the whole and, time. And Madonna <laughs> plays um, all the way May, and Rosie O'Donnell is in it. And uh, okay, I've, um, I've seen this movie yeah. on. There's, there's no crying on. in baseball. Oh, it, that listen, there is no crying in baseball. Is honestly, in my opinion, one of the top ten movie lines of all time. It's iconic. And Ooh. I'm talking. I'm talking like. Here's looking at you, kid. Luke, I am your father. Luke, I am your father. Hasta la vista. I'll make him an offer he, he can't refuse. Oh, there, it's up Godfather. There. There's no crying in baseball. Like yeah. it, and it's the way that Tom Hanks delivers the line. Yeah, and it's the it's it's almost like he delivers it in a way like there there's. There's no crying in baseball. Was like, he scratching his balls when he was no. saying that? <laughs> it's one. Listen, it's one of the greatest scenes. You in have the to movie. just see the movie. First of all, you have to see the movie's fantastic. It's a phenomenal film. Real okay. It's yeah. a phenomenal film. Yeah. Well, it has uh, Gina. Gina Davis. Gina Davis is in it. Too. Gina Davis is really like the main character. Yes. The movie really ev- revolves around Gina Davis's character, who and is her sister. Yeah, who is like an Iowa milkmaid or something like that. But a phenomenal baseball but player. A great baseball player. Her sister Kit is a pitcher. And they get recruited by um, 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 uh, uh, Lovitz. Yeah, John Lovitz. John Lovitz's character. Yeah. Listen, it's it's star studded. Okay, yeah. so John Lovitz's character is recruiting for this female baseball league. He finds um, them and literally milking cows. Yep. Takes them. That's where they meet Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. And then Tom Hanks eventually comes in, and they make it to like the World Series. Of this yeah, league. Yeah, there's six teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Rockford Peaches. The Rockford Peaches. That's right. <laughs> That's who they play for, yeah. the Rockford Peaches. That's right. And Don't uh, fuck with them, man, because those peaches are pitted. That's, that's right. right. That's a, the most pitted peaches you've ever seen, dog. <laughs> but no, that's a, no, you're right, though. That's a, that is an iconic line. I mean, there are some really, truly iconic lines, but if it's not tem- top 10, it's definitely top 20. Yeah, definitely. Like, because, you know, as I'm listing those other lines, I, like, I do so many. I do there. realize that, like, There's that's a, a bold statement. They're iconic. Yes. They're, yeah. Like, like Scarlet, I don't give a damn, or I don't know yeah, if I'm fra- quoting frankly, that. Frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Gone with the Wind. Like, my mom, I remember <laughs> they were playing Gone with the Wind on TV. And my mother, this was years ago, she literally said, and Gone with the Wind in its entirety is like five hours long. Yes. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah. No. In its entirety, it it's is like, like five hours long. Mm-hmm. And she said, no one bothered me from noon to five or whatever. 
I'm watching Gone with the Wind on TV. Yep. Like full cut. That could be a movie quote right there. Yeah. That could be a freaking movie quote. That's it, top 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she literally sat on the couch all day. And we were not allowed to bother her as she watched on <laughs> TBS or whatever. I don't know. Limited commercials. Yeah. Gone with, gone the, wind. with the wind. Yeah. But I mean, think those those are iconic lines, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what what's. Um, um, in your opinion, what do you think is the most iconic line of all time? Not Luke, I am your father, but like. No, other I, than I think it'd be the Godfather. I'll make one offer. He, he can't. Oh, my God, guys. I just realized that my computer turned off. How how long have we not been recording? I don't know. It's still recording. Yeah. Let's just keep going. Anyway, you know, so. You know what my favorite you know wait, my favorite line in all the Godfathers huh, is? Huh. It says, I know it was you, Fredo, and you broke my oh. heart. Oh, well, that's That's, that's, that's the, the second one, right? In the, in the second oh. one where he finds out that the attempt on his family was part, not organized by Fredo, but he but was it, involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so good. And he's in Cuba. Oh. And they're at the New Year's party, and the and the prime minister or whatever his name is steps down. Yep. And he finally says, "I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart." Dude, and mm. Fredo's a little freaking bitch, man. Yes, you hate is. you hate Fredo. You hate Fredo. Yep. And the reason why you hate him is because he's spineless, and yep. because you know that he's his father's son. And yep. Brando is such an iconic oh. monster of a character. Dude, the crazy thing about The Godfather, and it's why it's one of the best movies series of all time. Maybe the third one we'll throw in there, whatever. But Brando was an iconic character in that in that mm-hmm. series and then Al Pacino took the Godfather role and he was just as good he was just as powerful and menacing yeah. as yeah. Brando was really really good and the thing is is like he embraced the crap out of it all the characters though had such quality mm-hmm. depth and development put mm-hmm. into them even like Sonny you know what i mean yeah. like if you, if you think of the people that are Involved in that movie, you're talking about like James Caan and mm-hmm. Pacino, and then in the third one, you have De Niro and Garcia and all these people. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a star studded cast, mm-hmm. and those two movies are in the top six movies of all time. Oh, sure, and the the, the Godfather one and two, yeah, are in the top six best of all time. I agree. Yeah. What about Goodfellas? Is Goodfellas in there? Goodfellas is Goodfellas isn't even top 10, it is no. top 20. What? It's, well, it's, you a, gotta, it's a top five gangster film of all time. Yeah. Though. Okay. You have fair. to understand something like, it's like, okay, so I'm a, I've been a drummer my whole life. Drumming is my first real passion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Modern Drummer, which is, there's magazines are right there actually. It is the drumming magazine. If you're a drummer, you need to get Modern Drummer magazine. And they had the top, I think it was 25 drummers of all time. And regardless of what you think about his talent, Ringo Starr was number 13. Yeah. And so you're like, well, you know, Ringo was always... I mean, first off, Ringo was a phenomenal drummer, but it's really hard when you're in a band with John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and George Harrison. Right. Yeah. Three literally, like, geniuses of rock and roll. You know, modern pop rock and roll They're on, like, the Mount Rushmore of... Exactly. So so why was he number 13? It, it, It was... Like, I played the drums because of Ringo. I played Ludwig drums because that's what Ringo played. Mm -hmm. I wanted Zildjian cymbals because Ringo played Zildjian cymbals. And I'm a kid growing up in the 90s. I'm not a kid growing up like my mom. In the 60s and the 70s, right. If you ask me who, who taught me how to play drums, Ringo did. By listening to Beatles music and mimicking how he played. Right. So when it comes to like greatest of all time, 
sometimes it's not just about the talent. Or, you know what I mean? It's about a lot more. It's about the status. It's, it's about it's the about impact what, they had on society. What did this movie, musician, whatever, do to change the landscape of that art form? Right. It's true. And the thing, the thing about Ringo is, too, is that, like you said, regardless of what you think about his talent, mm-hmm. the type of music that they were playing didn't exactly showcase... a an incredible drummer set of skills. Right. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like when you when you're playing I want to hold your hand. Yeah. Okay. You have a dum 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 yeah. dum 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 and yeah. you and you have like music like that. Yeah. And it doesn't you you could play I want to hold your hand on the drums. Yeah. Okay. But then if you kind of progress and you go to like the Sgt. Pepper album and things like that, then it kind of gets a bit more technical and yes. and advanced. I mean, just listen to a day in the life. Yeah. Listen to his playing on a day in the life. Yeah, it's incredible. It's literally like unbelievable. And people kind of like make fun of Ringo and stuff. And I'm like, you guys don't understand something. He literally invented his that genre of drumming mm-hmm. because he was the drummer for the Beatles. Is he still alive? Of yes. course. Yeah. Is he the yes. only living? He's the no, only. No, Paul him McCartney's and Paul. still alive. Him, right. him and Paul. Yeah. And so, like, um, it, it, I really dislike people who kind of put Ringo down because any other drummer like Pete Best right. didn't make it. It took Ringo Starr to make it. Mm-hmm. Ringo Starr was the final piece in that group. Right. It's true. It was Paul, John, George, and Pete Best. And when they met Ringo, they were like, see you, Pete. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> see you, Pete. But uh, Your career's over, Pete. We need Richard Starkey <laughs> behind the... Goodbye, Peter. Get, get, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy, Peter, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so let's but, let's talk let's talk new year's here for a second yeah, yeah i so, want to yeah i want to figure out what's going on because mm-hmm. we are obviously down to clown okay yes, these, yes. these two guys on mm-hmm. the couch here on the casting couch if you will mm-hmm. and uh that, that is the casting couch it is the casting couch speaking of i was the last time i was here i was sitting between these two females i think they wanted to beat me up yeah yeah bethany and uh, alexa yeah Ooh. yeah yeah they were aggressive oh. Oh, well, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. You know they <laughs> they are they are sisters. Yeah. And when I had them, I had them on the show once, just them. Yeah. Me and then those two. I felt like at any moment they might just beat each other up. <laughs> and though it would have made for a great show. See, that's the interesting thing about podcasting. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and I and I right. and I kind of get this a little from my Howard Stern influence mm-hmm. is Howard Stern definitely has the mentality of I want crazy fucked up shit to happen because yeah, 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 yeah. it's good radio and it like, gets you popular but the amount of sac- the amount of personal sacrifice yeah. that you have to make yes. to 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 get to that point yes you have to be willing to accept that yeah. and that's not easy for anyone like we could like we could just say some nonsense stuff be on freaking Fox News and one of us is on a split screen defending ourselves. Yeah. And the next podcast, we have three million people following us. It's yeah. true. But it's my true. parents won't love me. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> my dog won't lick my face when I come in the door anymore. I just want kisses. That's well, so you want to know something. Jason was like when Valerie was uh, uh, very, very, very pregnant. He was like, we need to have her on the show. So she delivers her baby on the show. <laughs> dude, he he didn't give a fuck, dude. No, because you realize if she gave birth on my podcast, 
we would have three million views <laughs> the next day. And, live and TMPS would be, you know, the biggest podcast That's in the right. country because, <laughs> hey, Julie's not a podcast where that lady gave birth. <laughs> Can you believe they let her give birth on the casting couch? <laughs> Mike, Michael, Michael's sitting over here. I believe it's crowning. Dilated about 15 mm, centimeters. And oh, uh, here comes push, push, oh, push. Remember to breathe. <laughs> Does, does anybody is there a doctor anywhere? No, don't worry no, about don't that. Don't worry Do- about the doctor. Doctor's gonna ruin the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shut up. He's Jason, not- catch it. Jason, <laughs> catch, it. <laughs> catch it like Will Smith and Men in Black. It's just that squid that pops out of that woman. He's like, it's actually kind of cute. It just pukes on him. Oh Jump rope. My God, that's what babies are. They're little squids. That's they what are. They are the little pod. They're like a little squid pod. Can yeah. I, can I say something? Not every baby's cute, and. Everyone thinks their baby is the most gorgeous thing on the face of the planet. Of course. And I get that to you it is. Yeah, yeah of course. Your niece, adorable. Yes. Other nieces? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, grotesque. No, I have to tell you something. That We're very lucky that Camila was a beautiful baby and mm-hmm. is a very attractive, like, 20-month-year-old. But, you know, my Facebook, as a 33-year-old, you can under, you can understand that my right. my Facebook is now riddled with... My friends mm-hmm. getting married and having children. I hate it. As, That's me, and I'm 24. Yeah, but I mean, I I should have be married and having children by now. Nah. But it is what it is. This podcast is is my child, <laughs> and so. Um, and hey, can I say your child is adorable? Well, thank you so much. Adorable, thank you. And uh, and um, uh, so I see all these babies, and uh, I realize, wow, uh, Camila's cuter. She's much cuter. Uh-huh. Much cuter than this baby. And uh, and I'll agree with you. But some people, and I get it that it's, it's the fact that that's your kid. So mm-hmm. to you, it is the most beautiful thing, and it sure. should be. Yeah. But don't hold me to your standard to your freaking <laughs> Shrek look little baby. <laughs> because your baby ugly. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I hate ugly babies. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. The, uh, listen, there's a lot of ugly babies out there. Yeah. And yeah. you know, remember the Seinfeld episode? Where oh, the, yeah. that doctor calls um, Elaine stunning. And then she's like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. the doctor called me yes. stunning. And yeah. then they go and they see that uh, that ugly-ass baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, <laughs> the baby's simply stunning. Yeah. And then Elaine gives him this face like, you just broke my heart. Yeah. 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 Listen, your baby is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give about your baby. Also, your baby doesn't give you the right away. Well, the, the yeah. funny thing about situation, that. In any situation. No, it doesn't, Key. It doesn't, Key. You think you think you think because you're at a supermarket and you're you think that you get to go to the Frosted Flakes before I do because you're carrying around a damn baby? No, that's on you. You know what outrages my mom? No, you know what outrages me? Babies, bro. Do you know what pisses off my mom to no end? Was babies because they didn't have it when she had a kid. And dude, I put up a mother freaking fight getting out of that female baby baby parking spots. She's she. Dude, it's like I don't even want to even witness it anymore because it's like, Mom, I'm gonna listen to you freaking rant and rave about this for the yeah. first for the whole vegetable aisle. I gotta listen to you being like, I, I never had this when I was a, when I was a mother, and all these mothers are like, look at that pregnant lady. She's not that bad. I'm making her seem like she's a horrible person. She's a Your mom matter. is honestly an angel. And here's the thing, I can see her getting mad at some at some parking spaces. I also don't like how the expectant mother is closer to the destination than the handicapped people are. Right. Like honestly, if you're nine and a half, if you're if you're eight and a half months pregnant, right, you should not be driving yourself to the damn grocery store looking for like you know like wet towels and toilet paper. Right. Let somebody else do that for you. If anything, Uber to the door. Uber. That's all I'm saying, Mike. Yeah. 
Mike doesn't have a strong opinion about this. I think he feels it's a little delicate. This might be a more of a no laughing matter kind of subject. <laughs> can, 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 all, can all, all I can say is that those um those like expecting mother spaces, there's no legal. It's not like a like you, you could park you there. You can't get fined for it. Right? Yeah, yeah, you could just park there. Prove there's, I'm not an expecting mother right now. Yeah, exactly. Prove it. Prove what, it. What are you gonna like, do? Like, how dare you assume my gender? Yeah, don't assume my gender. Maybe I'm just bald and have a beard. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like on trend or something. Yeah. I'm on. <laughs> I'm on straight test P. I've been doing nothing but test P for 18 weeks. I'm on an 18 week cycle of steroids. <laughs> can Can I just bring up something that I I thought of earlier? When you were talking about the actress, they they found her in the field where she was milking a cow, literally. Yes. The thought that popped my to my mind, and this is such a this this is our podcast kind of talk, just nonsense. How, like, it comes out of a teat of a of a of a cow. Sure. Now, how close? Like how. F- close after it exits the teat is it weird to drink milk uh, yeah, like well, how yeah. far away no, no, do you no. have to be for it's like like time it, limit like time, to, time limit now like i'm talking about like sucking the teat all the way to it's been in a, all right, in a well, here's, fridge here's for the a, thing now tom green <laughs> tom you remember tom green of course all right He's so comedian, now right? tom green famously just literally just sucked on a teat like a cow teat no and the first time they aired it they were like, yeah, it's just a cow teat. Like, there's nothing explicit about this. And then they realized that it was Tom Green sucking on a cow teat, and then they blurred it out, like, for future episodes. <laughs> so, listen. So, like, number one is, like, don't... First of all, the first guy that, like, discovered drinking milk was a weird cat. That's number yeah, one. Yeah, okay. okay. Some, yeah. Good point. Yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah, number yeah. one. So, yeah. I honestly think that, like, you got to get it out of the pail. Right? It's yeah. in the pail. It's out of the pail. Right? You have to pasteurize it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you don't pasteurize your milk, yeah. you are a savage. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, pasteurize your milk, people. And, like, most places do this for you. Like, if yeah. you're a dairy mart, like, listen, your milk's pasteurized. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. What like, What is pasteurizing milk? What pa- is that pa- process? Louis Pasteur. Listen. So, for let real? Me, let me yeah. Give, let me, yeah. Give, let me give you a I don't know this. A famous scientist. Yeah. Famous scientist Louis Pasteur came up with the, basically was the first person to find out that you need to sterilize medical equipment or people would get infected. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, the term pasteurization actually comes from Louis Pasteur because he also invented the process by which we pasteurize milk. So that we can basically de-Germanize yeah. the uh, the milk. So basically, um, hay bed fever was a huge problem for women that were pregnant at the time. People were dying while giving birth because doctors that were delivering were delivering them with unclean medical instruments. People didn't understand that oh there was God. microscopic bacteria and viruses. He was the first person to say... Listen, there are germs on everything. There's microscopic organisms that we cannot see. And people were like, bullshit, Louis, you're a crazy person. Yeah. So basically that's where we get pasteurization from. And you just you just boil it. You just boil it's it. A, for real. That's just that's so I'm from Slovak. Well, my my last name, my family, were 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 a Slovak. And my grand my dad's dad was born there. So we would go over there to visit family, because we still had family. Their milk comes in a bag, like a plastic bag and it's not pasteurized so before they could give it to us they boil it they have to boil it and most most countries serve milk in a bag yeah that is disgusting yeah we're still holding on to the uh, carton we're really we're we're riding that bitch till the wheels fall off yeah we're really gonna ride that fucker (laughs) well at least you're up to date with the missing persons yeah 
Exactly, because yeah. on a bag doesn't really make any sense. But, yeah, right. Uh, like I, I remember, if I'm missing, don't put me on a bag. Exactly. <laughs> I'm already probably. No one's in gonna a bag. find me. Okay. No one's looking at bag milk to see. No one's <laughs> <laughs> looking for missing goods on bag milk. <laughs> That's the funniest shit I've heard yeah, yeah, so yeah. long. So I got a fresh shade today, by the way. I don't know if you check that out. Oh yeah. Did you see this fresh shave? So how how often do you? So have I'm doing to... it kind of once a week. I feel like I've timed it out. It's once a week. I got this fresh shave butter. This, okay. You know, and I'm just I'm just shaving it now, and it's aggressive. How do now, you like it? What? Give me your opinion. Oh I oh I like it. I think he went up two points. He doesn't believe me. Oh he oh, went you up mean, two points. Oh okay. He yeah, went sure. up two points. I went from like a four to a six. I'm a strong six though. Yeah yeah. <laughs> and, no 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 no. You're you went up another point five going with the full beard. You do like that? I'm trying to get the Papinchak beard, dude. Yeah yeah yeah. Man. I'm trying to get that. <laughs> you, you got to get the full thing going That's on right, here. That's right. Yeah. He's got a stunning yeah. beard. Yeah. He's got a stunning. Do you condition it? Oh yeah. Oh. You, you you actually I I have a shampoo conditioner in one. That way, because I shampoo my my beard as, you as have well. To. Do you no, do you, the same product on the top too? Yeah, that's you, you have so to. You rinse and repeat. That's what the yeah. bottle says. Yeah, All right. Really? No, like because listen, people like there is hair on my face, and if it is not well maintained, it looks like shit. Like it's all scraggly, and there's like and and you can't wear the suspenders like that. It needs to be kept to wear the suspenders. Yeah. You can't get away with a na- uh, with a, a disheveled beer and wear suspenders. No. You're like, yeah, is he cool or is he just gonna yeah. kill people? Is he like a hipster? It's, or it's true. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell. Like, is he dirty? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like Michael either got done doing some like accounting work or just gunned someone down in an alley. Yeah, you, you with, can't. With you a, can't tell with, with a Tommy, Tommy gun. gun. With, with a, a Tommy, Tommy gun. gun. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. You look great. Is what we're trying to say, dude. <laughs> Um, so they, uh, speaking of a customer of mine, I was sitting in the back of a car and they said to me, wow, you have a lot of space back there for a big guy. What? I I get this comment a lot. What? People look at That's me and go. That's fucking rude. They go, wow, you know, for a big guy, you really have a lot of space. And what they're trying to tell me is that even a man of my girth can fit in this vehicle. Right. So to them... <laughs> Wow, it has a lot of space. They're I'd talking say, more about the car and not yes. so much about you. And I'd exactly. say for an asshole, you're pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I just got an email today from a customer, and he told me that um, he bought another brand, another luxury brand. And this is someone who I had spent a lot of time with. And what you have to do when this happens is you have to phantom type, thanks for wasting my fucking time. Right. And then you type the real email, which right. is, hey, congratulations on your yeah. new car. You know, if, happy new year. Yeah. Right. If anything else comes up, you know where to call. Exactly. Was it a German brand? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? People got to do what they're going to do. Okay. That's yes. my. Yeah. People got to do what they're going to do. I, I cannot tell people how to spend their money. Sure. Right. All I can do is say, this is a Lexus. This is why you should buy one. This is what we're going to offer you. We give complimentary loaner service. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that the German brand does not. You have to pay daily for your loaner service. And just like a rental company, they ask you, do you want to pay for the gas now or bring it back full? Right. Right. We don't do any of that shit. The, it's all complimentary. Th- that's kind of... at the end of the day, people have their priorities and what they care about. Sure. Right? And they don't care about that charge and they don't care about the gas. They care about these things, whether it's whether it's like sane or not, because sometimes it isn't 
It doesn't sometimes, make any fucking yeah, sense. Sometimes it's not right. logical. Right. Sometimes they have something in their head that doesn't make any sense. You're sure. like, do you realize that what you're saying in the grand scheme of things doesn't really matter? Yeah, it's but inconsequential. It's, it's in their head. Right. And you just have to sit there and nod and smile. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm a low pressure guy. I'm not. See, here's the thing. I'm not really a salesman like some other people are. Right. It's unfortunate for you, though, because people go into that already on the defense. So yes. if they're dead set on something, even if they're proven wrong, they're like, no, he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to get something out of me. So I got to I got to stick to this. And that's why I typically just kind of agree. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of sometimes diffuses them because I think they expect me to be combative. You're someone I would want to buy a car from. It, and that's what I try to be. Help me out. I don't want us. I don't want you to lose out. Listen, I want I don't want to lose out either. Let's both. I don't sell, get a good deal. I don't sell cars. I help you buy a car. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Can you feel that? You see that? That was can, profound. Can you feel that? I have uh-huh. a new top 10 saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's serious though, because at the end of the day, it's like my job is to sell cars. It is. You've yep. shown up to the dealerships. You're obviously in the market. In the market to buy a car. So just let me help you do that. Right. And if it's a Lexus, great. If it's not, good luck. Right. Just let let's figure out what you want to do, because listen, they can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Oh, it's about the free biscotti and coffee. It's about getting them Starbucks on the test drive, which lasted all of a day. You have free biscotti? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, it's about making sure that you know their name and sending them a handwritten card. Right. You want to know something? At the end of the day, it's about the fucking car. At the end of the yeah, <laughs> yeah when it is. If, no matter what I do, I could give him a little pickle tickle. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I put that proposal in front of their face, it said pickle tickle, and they look at it. They look at a monthly payment that's two hundred more a month than they can afford. They're leaving. That's right. It doesn't right. matter how many biscotti or Starbucks. It's money. Everything is money. That's right. In, in my my position, long story short, I purchase high temp alloys to process and then reproduce and, and recycle into other aerospace stuff. So I'm, I'm buying nickel and titanium all day. Sure. Some dude's like, hey, I have so-and-so alloy. How much will you give me for it? I give you a price. Maybe he comes back. He's like, you know what? That's not enough. I, uh, he can push me a little bit. Yeah. I get to a point where I can't get pushed anymore. And he's like, you know what? This guy's giving me... 10 cents more a pound and we're talking about forty thousand pounds then go go yeah go sell to oh, him go oh, sell you, you want to know my favorite thing I, in the world go, by all means someone will go well so and so down the street is giving me two more thousand for my trade then take it it's i a great said deal. well take it I, you you better hurry up because yeah because that's outrageous because that that doesn't make any sense that yeah. should let you know that they're doing something else else yeah and, and your car isn't worth two more grand. Right. They're manipulating the numbers to make it seem like it's worth two that more you're grand. Getting, that you're getting the deal. And if you're a guy like yourself and you actually know the market, you know that he's full of shit. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I know that's not true. So I still have this guy. Yeah. I, 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 he's but not that's why in the, one of the first rules of sales is you can't lie to people. True. You have to be honest. Especially with the internet now. And if you don't know there, something, there's no room to there's lie. There's no room to lie. Everyone knows everything. Right. Literally, the the extent of human knowledge 
the history of human knowledge, everything we've ever known, is literally in a device in my right hand right Exactly. Now. It is the most incredible thing. You could look up anything you want. Yeah. On the internet. Yeah. If, if I want to know how much a fucking 2012 Suzuki sells for in North Korea right now, I can look that up. You could, you could figure it out. You know what I mean? Like You could figure it out. It, it doesn't matter. And that is a phenomenal thing. The scary thing is... On that thing is also everyone's opinion. Yes. Oh, so what I, you interpret as fact or what you, you yeah, I'm gonna you tell can you, fuck you up. I'm gonna tell you I'm a good example. Are you aware of how how leases work? Yes. yes. You have the MSRP of a vehicle. Then a bank determines the percentage of how much you're gonna pay of that MSRP. So let's say it's fifty one percent. So you take fifty one percent of that MSRP. That is your residual amount. Mm -hmm. That is the amount that you can buy the car for at the end of the lease, and the rest is what you're paying for over the next 36 or 48 months. Mm -hmm. Okay, That has to be based on the MSRP. If it's based on the selling price, then every single lease would be different. Yes, right. It's a way to keep the leases consistent. You're always going to... The residual of this vehicle is 51% of the MSRP across the board, regardless of the selling price. Regardless of the rebates and the money down and the trade value, because every deal would would be different. It'd be then. wild, yeah. It would be out of control. I had a customer try to tell me that other dealerships and manufacturers base the residual amount on the selling price. False. And I just had to be like, "You're wrong." Yeah. Like, do you realize you're? <laughs> he goes, "Well, I don't." I he goes, "I think it should be based on the selling price." Right. Well, congratulations for your yeah, thought. Dude. And that's yeah. why And you're... I think I should have a toilet seat made out of gold. But guess yeah. what? Daddy's pooping on porcelain. Exactly. You know what I mean? But, like, I need to tell you that I'm the one. The pe- pe- people think, like, I'm not doing, like, a real job. Right. Like, like right. you think I'm just, like, standing yeah. here with yeah. my thumb up my ass? Yeah, like, it's the fucking Candyland Awards and you're running around with Alf backstage. No, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, this, <laughs> like, this is a real job. Yeah, this is a job. Like, there are rules and residual amounts. There are rules. Res- there, are, <laughs> there are rules, Walter. There are rules. This isn't non. There are rules. You said there are rules. Oh, my God. But I get <laughs> That's so No, weird. but, like, like <laughs> residual amounts are decided by banks. And he was trying to tell me. That we have the ability to manipulate residual amounts, which is completely false. They are set by the banks. How much? It's got to piss you off when you're like, okay, I do this for a living. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. They you have no idea. You're talking out your ass and it yeah. smells like shit in here. Yeah. They don't. They Because they think the, 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 the reputation of car dealerships and car salesmen is that we lie to try to get you to spend more money than you should. Right. Right. And it just... We don't do that at our at our dealership. We we just don't. Everything is up front. If you hey, if you came in and said, "I want to see the invoice for this car," I'll, I'll I'll show it to you. Yeah, and then explain why we're asking for let's say two grand more. Right. Because we have to pay nine salespeople, two accountants, right. an office manager, plus all the corporate guys like Jason and such. Like it, we have to turn the lights on. We have to pay all the service people. We have 12 technicians. You have to clean the floors. You have yeah. to get the biscotti. You have to do, yeah. service and the cars. What, what do you think? We just This this isn't like a business? And if yeah. you want to pay that price, okay, here's the raw materials. Put your fucking car together yeah. and then exactly. drive it around. Yeah. like I, I just don't. Well, I, that's, that's the amazing thing now, though, is that because of what you just said, the latest thing is to basically say, 
There's no more bargaining. Yeah, this um, is the, this, this is the is price. It. This yeah. is the, this is the lowest that we can give you. Yeah. This is this. It's hassle free. It's bargain free. We don't yeah. have to. We don't have to. You know, I'm not a Turkish merchant trying to sell you beef jerky. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You're not going to knock five cents off the price. Listen, yeah. if I tell you it's twenty eight five, it's twenty eight five. Yeah. Whatever car you're selling, you exactly. know what I mean. I can't even take a dollar off. Yeah, right. It if just, the car is fifty six two eighty four, at that it point, is not fifty six two eighty three. Yeah, at that point, the margin's not there. There's no margin. You're not making yeah. any money on that car. No yeah. car and, company's going to stay in business. And, and you want to even? And you want to know? You want to know what I found out? There is no money in new cars. No, the there, the mm-hmm. the main that that is it's all about not used cars. even remotely a profit center for a dealership. New because selling cars is just one part of a car dealer. Listen, this is a whole world. I didn't think I would know anything about. Right. Like ever. And now you're so deep, dude. I'm you're so, so deep. You're so deep into it. I'm so deep. I love it though. Cause like, cause I remember when you first started, you were like, you're like, Justin, like, I don't really know yeah. too, too much about the gig. It's just kind of like, I'm just winging it. Yeah. And then literally like, winging it. But then it. the thing is, is like you start living it. Well, the thing is this, you're so deep. You know my, I mean? my second month of selling, winging it, I sold 13 cars. No kid. And everyone was like, who the fuck's this guy? And that actually, I got to tell you something, that was at a time when I knew very little about the car business, and I call it like forced gumping your way into something. Right. You just kind of stumble into it. You go with the flow. And you just kind of go through the motions. Just put that sail up and go with the tide, yeah. And you're you're kind of eager, and you're very ignorant to really like what's happening. Right. I, I honestly kind of feel like now that I know so much... I well, I do have eleven cars, so I'm doing pretty well at the moment. But it's still like it's a little harder now because I'm kind of more into the gig. It's December to remember. Exactly. Well, first off, today was absolutely just bonkers. Like to have five new guests in one day. Yeah. I mean, I, I might have one really in a day. Well, it's five ele- in a day. That's. I mean, well, for, here's the thing: it's a Lexus store. We don't get the same traffic as like a Toyota store, right? Where you know, or like a Mazda store or Chevy, right. you know, Lexus is a higher end brand, and I've sold cars over the phone. Some people don't even want to come in. Whoa! They're like, I would like a black on black RX three fifty. I I I'm willing to play pay this much over invoice. Uh, I live in this county, and I want to put this much down. Do you have what I'm looking for? Yes, we do. And then you send them the numbers. They're like, all right, um, I'll be in to pick it up Friday. Is that like the easiest? That's like if you could have every interaction be like that. Oh, I like, oh my god, that would be the greatest <laughs> fucking thing in the fucking world. I, <laughs> I did. Yes, I, I do. do I do this that. for the rest of my life if I could do that. <laughs> so, no, but it doesn't. That's just that doesn't always work that way, right? But today was bizarrely busy. Mm-hmm. Like it is the most busy I've ever seen our store after Christmas too. Is it? Well, it's that week between Christmas and New Year's. Everyone's just just hanging out. People are just like, I mean, I'm I'm working and. But, you know, people are just kind of like they have off. Yep. They're just taking time off. Uh, you know, this is the end of the year. Mm. We want to make a quota, this, that, and the other. Right. But because we don't negotiate, see, people are always like, they always freak out about the last day of the month. Well, we don't really have a last day of the month because we don't negotiate. It's the same. There's no negotiation on the first day of the month, and we don't negotiate on the last day of the month. And neither, neither in between, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Really, unless the market has dictated a price drop, that's that is it is that's, what it is. That is what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
Um, I can tell you, though, especially on like pre-owned cars, if a pre-owned car is there December 1st and still there December 31st, it, it will be cheaper. The price will will drop. Mm-hmm. Maybe 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Not going to drop five grand. Right. But it'll drop maybe 500 bucks because it has now been on our lot for 30 more days than, than it was. And it's just sitting there. Right. So it's going to start being priced to sell. But I'm still not going to negotiate. I'm not going to negotiate. If it is 19800 and it's now 19200 that's still, that's it. I'm not going to drop it anymore. Right. right. You're, not taking, I didn't, you're not taking it down to eighteen seven. No, because I didn't drop it from nineteen eight to nineteen two. The The market did. Right. right. We didn't do that because... We need We're on to a sell sale. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's for everyone. We didn't do that for Jim. It's not like we were going to do that for Jim, so now we're going to do it right. for like Joe. Yeah, it's like gas stations that are across the street from one another. Like yeah. the, the market, like OPEC and the market decides yeah. what the gas price is going to be. Like it's not like the owner of the franchise gas station wakes up one day and says, Oh, I'm going to charge you guys a dollar fifty, and then tomorrow you're getting two seventy nine. Exactly. The market decides what the gas prices are going to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? And exactly. Then, and then you have those anomalies where like, okay, 15 miles away, there's some crackhead basically selling gas for like 40 cents cheaper. Yeah. And then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so what is the plan? Let's talk about New Year's. What is the plan yeah. for New Year's? Well, I definitely want to have a party. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be well attended. I don't really care. Mm. I I'm more about quality than quantity these days. Um, having 20 people here would be phenomenal, but if I had four or five people that I really wanted to enjoy the evening with, I would find that a little more valuable than worrying about what some dickhead's doing in my kitchen. Think about this for a second. Think about 20 quality people to, to get together in one Mm -hmm. night. That's a, that's tough. That's a lot of people. 20 people? That are yeah. all quality. That you really want to spend that you time get, with. That you are cool with all of them. You're like, they're not gonna, all going to be quality. You right. know what I mean? They're not all They're not going to have be some quality. freaking boners in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dude, so I'm Michael thinking about Seaver. making some KMF for the party. Okay, so do I still need to acquire two Igloo coolers? If we're doing it, we need to, we need to talk about what we're going to need. So we're yeah. going to need... I'm going to need some Sun Drop, which is basically... Uh, like an off-brand Mountain Dew, okay? They're like 89 right. cents for like a liter. Can you acquire these things? I can do whatever you need I, me to do. I don't do. really have a lot of time. <laughs> I, I was at the dealership today for 12 hours. Yeah, you're a good dude. I uh... I got there at 8 a.m. I left at 8.09, and I, uh... I literally was like, all I want to do is my show. Yeah. Yeah, at dinner, man, you were tired at dinner. I could tell. He was yawning into his ribs. I it was just, incredible. That was some good food. I'd never been there. Yeah. I literally have Me lived either. lived next to that restaurant for since May. And I don't know. I just uh I just never kind of stopped in. Just open your eyes. Dude, man. I was yeah. raving about it the entire way here up until I went into the garage downstairs. Like I was yeah. like blown away. One, I didn't like sitting next to the speaker that was Okay. Oh so loud. This is one thing that if I ever own a restaurant. I will never, ever, ever have some... Even at Bamboo, they sometimes have this, like, game night, dude. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Bamboo's he's, already too chaotic. He's oh. so loud. And he's like, all right, team, you know, team Frozen Lizard or some bullshit. <laughs> or, team Frozen Lizard. I don't know. Team... 
Yeah. You know, he's competing with DJ blue jeans. It's just so stupid. And so tonight we're sitting there and right behind us is a guy at a table with a laptop and these two huge speakers and this woman in like a bullshit hat with a microphone and they're playing music. And I guess you had to guess the song. It was like a artist. Yeah, it was like a trivia night. It was like a trivia night, but with music. It wasn't like. What year was the Golden Gate Bridge built? And then yeah. it gives the list like four years, and you have to pick A, B, C, D. <laughs> it was just, what is this song? And there was some lady at the corner of the bar blatantly shazamming it right in front of her, and she just like turned the blind eye. I was like, that freaking bride. Yeah. She was She's shazamming taking a minute it. and a half to She was shazamming song. it. She was, like, you're, she was like, you're right. This is Linkin Park. And I was so sick <laughs> of hearing freaking Fedora Lady. If I was a pirate... The speaker was my parrot. That's yeah. how close that flipping speaker was to me. Yeah, and I really, I really dislike when restaurants do that because you know I don't follow that restaurant's uh, uh, schedule. Right. I don't know that on a Thursday night it's annoying trivia lady night. Put a sign up. Yeah, you know. So for me, I'm just trying to enjoy an evening of barbecue and friendship. Instead, I'm bombarded with loud music and some crazy lady in a fedora saying, you know, like, first off, you can't understand her. No. The they, music is blasting, right. and she's like, all right, team, okay, we got John Mel, can't fit the covers. You be the lady real quick, I'll be the music. Yeah, so best covers ever. I'll just start, I'll just start again. And thank you so much. What song is this? You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea. And we're sitting there. All we're doing is trying to eat our cornbread. And like, though I love barbecue. And it's nice to know that if I wanted some ribs, I could just go right down the street. Dude, like you said, I've lived here. My How long has that place been here? Do you know? I have no idea. Because no idea. I haven't been here. I haven't lived here in two years. I come back. I'm like, Cranberry already had everything. 228 already had everything. Yeah. They're popping up. Everything's popping up all over the place around here. Yeah. Those this is ribs, a crazy place. Those ribs were phenomenal. Yeah. They were the best ribs I've had in town. So I lived in, I've said this on the show a million times, but I lived in Manhattan for the last five years. Oh, no kidding. And I thought um, moving to Mars, Pennsylvania, I would get away from people and traffic. Negative. Uh, yeah, I really screwed that up. This 228 is, the... is like a nightmare. And then 19 is not much better. Oh, my. Sometimes I'm coming up 19 from work. I'm in like a legit traffic jam. Yeah. I'm thinking, where are all these people going? Dude, when I moved here, my family moved here. Heck, it's probably like freaking almost 20 years back now. All that Cranberry had was a PNC Bank, a Burger King, and that's pretty much it, man. Wow. It, 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 it is it is a mini L.A. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it feels like Los Angeles. Like when you are at the intersection of 228 and 19 and you have oh all God. that sprawl there, it literally feels like you are tri- driving through like West Hollywood or right. something. And that that light in particular is infamous, notorious for like as soon as it goes red, there's nine other people turning, like trying to squeeze. Everyone's just frustrated at yes. that light. Yes, it's it's bizarre. It is. It's this is a really bizarre place. It's like eight four lane highways, pretty much meeting yeah. right there. Yeah, it's very people weird. get in 79s right there. So people yeah, get so everyone's getting off right the, there. That is that. So the the intersection of 19 and 228 is also where the 
where 79 and 76 intersect. Yeah, and the hospital's right there. And Everything is right there. Uh, so you're... They need to, like... You can they, see that stoplight from freaking space. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> you can see cranberry flipping traffic. Uh, he, uh, Houston, uh, they're uh, cranberry. <laughs> we see uh, cranberry. We're coming over cranberry. Uh, uh, Houston, we have a problem. There's some there's some uh, satellite orbiting the globe right now, <laughs> trying to find all of like the terrorists of the world. And they're like, ah, we're blinded by some light in western Pennsylvania right now. Uh, our screens are shattered. Oh man, so uh, we've been drinking Knob Creek, and uh, it's kind of hitting me a little. I'm feeling bit a little loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling a little loose. Um, I I I'm actually wearing. Long underwear. Which, I was wearing them all day. Which is 100% essential when you wake up in the morning and you ask your Amazon Echo, uh, mm. Alexa, what what's the weather? And she said, oh, shit. Oh, I, I just activated my Amazon. I, I actually, I activate her like every show because I talk about her. <laughs> and one of the girls who often guest hosts on the show is named Alexa. Of course. So every time I mention her, if I don't close these doors, my echo. But anyway. That's impressive, though. That she heard me from all the way in here. I was kind of worried about that because I literally just got my dad the uh, the Google equivalent of that. Sure, yeah. And so I was like, I don't know if he'll like it. And I was like, I haven't really. Because this stuff came out like a year ago. I think the Google Home came out like yeah. late 2016 yeah. or something uh -huh. like that. And I was looking at reviews, and all the reviews were back from 2016. They're all like, wait a year, wait a year. Sure. And I never even really thought about it. It's not something that I would use because I didn't really know how the how the um, technology would kind of adapt to me. Yeah. And one of my concerns getting it from my dad was, will he actually use this, and is it actually going to work? Cause the thing that frustrates him the most is when he's talking to his phone, and it's not it's not cooperating with what sure. he wants. Sure, sure. And everything that I've seen on that on on these the Amazon Echo and the Google what's it called the Google is it just like the Google Home? I think so. I'm not really it's, sure. They're both like pretty much on par with each other. Oh yeah. And I love the Echo. Everyone's all about them. I'm and a I huge fan. I had I had a lot of anxiety getting that for my dad because it was like a last minute gift. I'm like, I, he has an Apple Watch. Should I get him like an extra band for it? Should I give him a case? Should I whatever? And I was like, some dude was like, dude, get him the Google Home. I'm like, I don't even know if he can even freaking operate this thing. And he was stoked about it. Once like, you plug so, it in, you're, you just say the name of yeah. like that one's, you know, Alexa, and, and you just go for it. But I asked her this morning, I said, what's the weather? And she goes, in Mars, it is zero degrees. And yeah. I thought, okay, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to try this again. Uh, Alexa, <laughs> what's the weather? <laughs> because Alexa, seriously, stop talking with me. me listen, what's the weather? Don't fuck with me, girl. What's the weather? In Mars, it is zero degrees. Today, you'll see a high of... 10 and a low of zero or something and the, and that was brutal. legit and i'm thinking to myself you know dress pants are not the thickest of pants if anything they're thinner than normal pants and i i had the the uh foresight a couple weeks ago i was in uh um a tj maxx or marshall's kind of looking for like um uh, some bargains, you know. Well, you know, I was looking for like some things for my family. Like, let's just go. I was out a mall or something. I thought, let's just go and see if there's any little like stupid little toys or something I get for my sisters and, and brothers, you know. And um, I ended up just leaving with three pairs of long underwear that I found at Marshalls, thinking, you know what? 
it, you know, I thought it was chilly the other day, and I was out there in just my dress pants, and man, my legs were freezing. Yeah. And I was like, let's give this thermal underwear a shot, and it's it is the best. Because actually, I went to college in Wisconsin. So I'm used to like that's up there. I spent four years in like negative thirty, negative twenty, like negative ten on a daily basis. So thermal underwear was crucial. Was necessary, like medically necessary, mm-hmm. like almost like a, it could have been like a prescription, <laughs> right? Like like the <laughs> pharmacies were handing out thermal underwear. You know what I mean? Because if you went out, if you go out in negative thirty, without layering your, your legs that's not good that's not that's not going to be good for you so i already had this concept of thermal underwear and i know that today was cold and today apparently we broke some records or something i'm not even sure i don't even pay attention to that bullshit and, and zero is cold but i tell people feel how cold you are right now and it's 10 degrees imagine negative 30 it's a cold that you can't explain. It hurts. And it's have pain. you guys experienced it? It's pain. I've experienced negative. Hey, how was your like sh- ne- what? Did you have a good shit, by the way? I didn't do that. He, he was getting more alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've experienced. <laughs> but here's my thing. I feel like at a certain point, like when you get to the past, like negative fifteen, negative twenty, you don't even you can't tell the difference anymore. No, mm-hmm. because you, it's you just really freezing. Can't. Yeah, you really your body just your can't, organs uh, tell the difference because your yeah. organs will shut down. Yeah, but like I feel like after like negative ten, negative fifteen, like you're literally I'm, just so cold. I'm all set. I, like yeah. at that point, like you might be able to convince me to wear a vest. Yeah, Dude. <laughs> well, also negative thirty was the coldest it was ever in Wisconsin while I was there, but it felt like negative forty because of the wind. And unlike Pennsylvania, our beloved Western Pennsylvania, I love it. I love it too. Wisconsin is flat as fuck. That's what we get mm-hmm. in fucking Ohio. So when the wind comes through, it cuts you like a knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like literally, it's negative thirty for real. That's the temperature, and it feels like negative forty because when that wind hits you. It feels like it just chopped your leg off. I wish weathermen would just skip that step. Say it's fucking negative forty. Yeah, not, well, don't, don't make me plan for negative thirty, and then it feels like negative. Yeah. Don't play. Don't don't play mind games. Yeah, don't play mind <laughs> games with me, Joe DiNardo. Whatever <laughs> your name is. No, but like seriously, the, the I Doppler mean, radar got me freezing yeah. my ass off. Yeah. In Wisconsin, I never, I never did anything based on the temperature. It was always how does it feel? Right, because right. it could be. 10 degrees and feel like negative 20 there because of the wind if it was like super windy so you had to always prepare for what it feels like right yeah but what i was telling someone the other day is it was like uh 30 some odd degrees or something and and i was like you know this is all relative we're all really cold right now but when it's negative 30 over a period of time 30 degrees is like a fucking heat wave yeah and when it would actually get to like 32 degrees after with the winter um, in Wisconsin, you'd see people in shorts. I, I'm sure. Really? I'm sure. Dude, it's crazy because, like, whenever I go, it's and all visit, relative. Oh, when, yeah. God. Whenever I'd like go and visit like Chicago, uh-huh. um, you know, in the winter, you're right on the lake. So like, it's so they call it the they don't call it the windy city for nothing. It is really it's fucking windy. It's as fucking fuck. windy. Yeah. So you're you're there. 
and you have these like you know when when, when there's skyscrapers around you, it tunnel it like funnels the wind, yeah. and it's yeah. so strong. Whenever you're walking, like you're you'll be going down Michigan Avenue, and you'll be like, "This is the coldest I've ever been." Yeah, in my entire life, and people are just dressed there all the time, like they're like they're going like on an Arctic expedition. Yeah, and, and you yeah. can't help but make that face where it's like your face looks like you crumpled up a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, and you're crying. Yeah, and, and tears are <laughs> tears are voluntary tears. You're just like people. You're like uh, you, you go and eat, and you're just like uh, Giordano's table for two, and they're just like, "What's wrong, bro? You been cutting onions?" Nah, dude, it's just cold. I'm just crying. And the, <laughs> and the tears, the tears go from the corner of your eye to the top of your ear. That's the yeah. direction they take on your freaking head in that scene. <laughs> it's like wearing it, it. It just follows the the line of your glasses. I love it, man. Listen, it's all about it's all about the wind. Yeah. Okay. You know, I have been mildly obsessed with Mount Everest for the past year or so. And when in 96, when those people died, the wind was so strong on Everest, it was like negative 80 or something. Yeah. Dude, the Mount Everest is fucking crazy because the, there's people who die on that all the time. Yeah. And you can't even recover the bodies. You can't bring it's too them down. So those bodies are, are like mummified up there because they're preserved from they're, the temperature. They're still there. And they're actually used as landmarks. Oh, Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's freaking crazy. If you yeah. ever look up on like Google, like bodies of Everest. Yeah. There's just dead bodies. People are like, okay, we're at the guy with the green shirt. We're yeah. at, and there's yeah. like some iconic, like in, in the climbing world, yeah. there's some iconic climbers that are yeah. up there and they're like okay we're at so-and-so's body yeah and then because it lets you know that you're on the right route and the crazy right. thing is dude the crazy thing is is that they find a lot of bodies that they the people get so hallucinated while they're up there and they're starting to get frostbite mm. that they're they strip their clothes off because they start yeah, getting so, hot so like that's what fr that's what that's what frostbite is though yeah there, right there's it's a level crazy of, there's a level of hypothermia or whatever yeah. you want to call it where you it you actually kind of like go full circle uh -huh. and go from super freezing to hot and like uh, Scott process that like Scott Fisher when they found Scott Fisher's body um, in 1996 he had opened his whole suit because he was he was getting hot and he had taken off off his gloves and he was frozen well, you and know you know why that is obviously so why that is is because your blood your body your brain is telling your blood to basically travel to the surface to keep. You basically your uh -huh. organs. It, it yep. basically protects your heart and your lungs, and that's it. And so, when it comes to the surface, your body gets really, really hot. Yeah, and then you start sweating. Yep. So that's that's why it's super important. To, like people forget to stay hydrated up there because they think well, it's very difficult yeah. to stay hydrated. I was reading. I've read now. I think three or four books about the '96 disaster, and the one guy was saying that at one point, no matter what you did, your water bottle was just a block of ice. There was wow. there was there it was so cold that there was no way to keep it close to your body because they would store it inside their suits. Right, right. And he said you'd pull it out and it'd be a block of ice, even though it was up against your like skin. And, and dude, I didn't know any of this. And actually, I was watching um, one of Joe Rogan's podcasts and he had a couple climbers on, and they were talking about this. And dude, I was I was just fascinated because I didn't yeah. even know this whole. I was just like, you climb Everest. Yeah. yeah, it's tough, like an endurance thing. I didn't even know it was like well, you're fighting for your life. Well, I the mean, whole time. well, in the world of mountain climbing, Everest is not the the most technical. No, K two, K two, K two. Yeah, K two is the one, though it's this. It's shorter. Well, I mean, it's the second tallest mountain mm -hmm. in the world. Um, 
it it it's the one where it has the highest percentage. I think it's one in four people die. Yeah, K wow. K two is gnarly. Why if, would you fucking do if, that? If us three and one other person climbed K two, one Mocha's of us dying. Mocha's dying. Mocha's Easy. dying. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. One of us would not come It's because he's got that murder one. He's well, honestly, it'd be the fourth person since they're not here, but right. that, that person. Fuck that fourth yeah, person. Fuck, yeah, fuck. <laughs> they would not They would not make it. The, the, it's, it's a dark. It's, I kind of felt like almost yeah. disturbed a little bit because it's a dark thing because you have well, these guys yeah. who are experienced so, and know yeah. all the signs, yeah. but still it's like you're so well, messed up that well, you, you just succumb K- to it. K2 is actually the second deadliest. The first deadliest is Annapurna. Oh, oh my God, I forgot about Annapurna. Where's, Anna? Where's that so, at? So I'll, oh, I'll, give, no, you a, no, I'll no. give you a little thing about Annapurna. No, Annapurna. Since, since its first descent in 1950, Annapurna has been climbed by more than 130 people, but 53 have died trying. Yeah. This what? high wow. fatality rate makes Annapurna the 10th highest mountain in the world, the most statistically dangerous of the 8,000-meter peaks. Yeah. Um, Why? Yeah, I kind of forgot about... Nanga Parbit... Um, Kangajanua, uh, the Eager, like all these are basically in the Himalayas. Like yeah, uh, yeah, all yeah, these yeah, eight thousand yeah. peaks, they're pretty. They're much all there. Yeah, they're all kind of hanging out together. The reason why I didn't, I forgot about Annapurna, is because if you listen to that, very few people have climbed it compared yeah. to other mountains because it is so dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard? Have you guys heard the thing that like if you if you zoom out and you take the surface of the globe. And, and and you if you sink like if you shrink it down to the size of a pool ball, it's technically smoother than a pool ball. Yeah. Have you heard that? Is that true? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I heard that that's true. But if you think about that, and you have peaks like this, how will they not be like unbelievable? Poking, like right. poking you, right? Or at least a little like sand speck. Like that well, is that blew my mind. Well, I think it's like when you when you look at the Earth in such and that far away. You know what I mean? Yeah, when right. you think about the earth as not someone living on it, but something that is part of this much more massive universe, right. you, you you can see how in the grand scheme of things it's actually pretty smooth. Yeah. You and know, if you see pictures from space, you don't it looks you, like you, a freaking You don't see them popping up. Well, you know what is like the most the scariest looking mountain though at all of them? The Matterhorn is like the most intimidating looking thing. Yeah, on planet Earth to me. Well, it's it, it just like kind of like sticks out. Like yeah, you're just like good luck. Yeah, like, it's like, it's, there doesn't there's no it, it 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 doesn't look like there's any way to just kind of like climb up it. No, like if you're not like hammering ropes into it and kind of like pulling yourself up. Right, 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 right. Can you pull up a picture for me? Because oh I yeah, the yeah. Matterhorn. Yeah. Here's the Matterhorn. It's in Switzerland. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's, Switzerland. it's one of the Alps. Yeah, it's like where do you even freaking start? Yeah, it's, what yeah, side exactly. do you go yeah. up? It's like yeah. a rocky thumb. Yeah, it is. Like, that's what it's like. It's like climb, climb my thumb. Yeah, that's great, dude. Who, and it was, f- it was like summited in like 1865. Yeah, well, like it's, that's it's, like when Lincoln. That's like somebody in the era of Abraham Lincoln was like, you know what I think would be tight. <laughs> Without without today's technology, <laughs> without today's technology, they're like, you know, you know, it'd be cool. I'm gonna take my scarf. And these these like really like rubbery shoes. Yeah, and I'm gonna go climb them. That's not hey, even in hey, yesterday. Do you know society. the first guy, the guy who climbed Annapurna first, lost all his fingers and his toes? I believe that. Because, How would he count to ten? Because <laughs> he's done, dude. Because that finished. because on on his descent, he lost his gloves, and oh, he descended no. without his gloves, Screw and that. and it 
just the 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 cold in the snow just took his fingers away and that's the thing too this guy who was he was talking about i think he made like four climbs i forget his name and forgive i'm just horrible with names to begin with wait for where where, everest everest sir edmund hillary well he's 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 not i don't know know if that was him well, no, it you're wasn't ta- the first guy. You're talking about this guy on a this guy podcast. Who, a guy who's peaked a oh, couple, okay. like, like I think four times he did it. Yeah. He's like, when you're up there, you can't even almost, because Joe was asking him, like, once you get up there, is it like such a sign of like accomplishment? He's like, no, because oh. you, you're halfway there. It's only halfway. You and, still got to get back and down. And like 99% of people who die on mountains die on the way down. Right. Because you, you start to get loose. Well, the thing, yeah, because you literally, you might be 200 yards from the peak. And no, I do. If I make it to the peak, I will not have the energy to make it down. Ugh. But because you are so close, you just push on yourself. And then on the way down, you come up 200 yards short. You dude. are just so tired. Because, listen, above a certain point, it's called the death zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And it's called that for a very good reason. Your body, you literally are dying. Like your body cannot survive at that at that altitude. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough oxygen. And so the goal is how quickly can you get through the death zone and down before nightfall? Because if you are on a mountain like that at at night, you're you're fucked. Yeah, you're and you're on the mountain schedule because there's yeah. there's like periodic storms that come in. Like listen, you can plan them yeah. freaking a week. This is what you gotta do. Go watch the movie Everest, starring Josh Brolin, and um, that that's about the 1996 disaster on Everest where eight people died. It it's going to tell you exactly how much of a clusterfuck it can be when you ignore the mountain. Hmm. You know what I mean? When it is obvious that a storm is on the way. And for the sake of summiting, you just kind of hope it's not as bad as they think. Oh. That's so messed up, dude. Like, I don't... Ugh. Now, you kind of have to read between the lines to get that. But I've also read multiple books on the subject and watched documentaries and movies and such. And my basic... Basically, the, the outcome of all this quote-unquote research is it was a clusterfuck. And there were people who were more concerned about their business than the safety of themselves right. and the people who paid thousands of dollars to climb Mount Mount Everest. Because this was a these were exhibitions where, you know, doctors and lawyers who could blow sixty thousand dollars. Right. And they would get taken up by a Sherpa. Exactly. And, they, and actually now people do it all the time now. All the time. Like people Listen, could, people climb Everest all the time. Like it's hey, no big do, deal. Do you guys want to climb Everest? It's sixty five thousand dollars a person. You you can climb it between April and May. You guys want to go? Come uh, down. Let's do it. We literally dude, could sign up. Dude, if you said you'd pay me $65,000, I'd be like, uh, deuces. Yeah. No. Like, fuck that, dude. The, the th- that's, that's what I mean, though. That's what Everest is, though. Because Everest is not technically very difficult to climb. Mm. There's only one really technical part. and the And if you have the right people taking you up, they will fix the ropes to the point where all you have to do is just pull yourself up this like steep rock thing. You're just walking up and down a mountain. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but compared to K2 or Annapurna 
where you actually right. have to be a mountaineer, Everest is like a walk of the park. Right. Annapurna isn't even a mountain itself. Like, it, Annapurna is a massive. Yeah. So it's yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. what it is, it's like Annapurna itself is an area of multiple peaks that's yeah. considered Annapurna that yeah. has risen above the Earth's crust. So it's just a giant portion of the Earth's crust that is sticking above everything else. And so there's multiple like ascensions and summits that yeah. you can do to Annapurna. But I have the book Annapurna about yeah. the original person who who, yeah. who climbed it. Dude, that's he's French. Was he French? Yeah, he, I think he was French. He, explorers are crazy. Yeah, they're fucking nuts. Like think think they're, about this. Think about the first person that like tried to like go to the New World. They were like, listen, because first of all, every one of us has stood next to the ocean and felt smaller than a grain of sand. Exactly. Okay. And I'm just like, when I go to the ocean, if I go to the Atlantic, I'm like, listen. If I stay straight, I'm looking at right now. If I stay straight, depending on where I are, where I am on the coast, I'm gonna hit Africa. If yes. I if I just keep going straight, that's yeah. the next piece of land. Somebody didn't know oh that. God. Somebody didn't know that, and they got on a boat with other people that also didn't know that, and they were like, "We're just gonna sail." Until we hit something, and you have no idea how big the world is. Yeah, you, you don't no even know if it's around. At you that don't point. even know if it's around at that point. And they didn't know about the new world. They thought they, they were going to go to India. Yeah. They thought they were in fucking India. They're yeah. calling Indians Indians. <laughs> and I love how they just never changed it. That's the Louis C.K. That's bit. a Louis C.K. That's the Louis C.K. bit. It's <laughs> like. Ah, yeah. you're Indians. Yeah. Louis, <laughs> listen, Louis, Louis C. This K- is India, right? Louis, no. C- Louis C. K. is a sensitive subject, right? He now. is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but Let's, that's isn't hey, it, isn't it the most what? amazing thing though. This is this is technically the the New Year show and. I, I had thought about maybe recapping 2017. Let's, let's do that a little bit. But, you know, 2017 has been such an interesting year um, with the Trump presidency, of course, a lot going on with that, um, the tax cuts most recently. Uh, but even without all the political stuff, um, I really feel like it has been everything that's happened in 2017 has been just negative. severely negative, but also severely overshadowed by this whole Harvey Weinstein, just Matt, Matt Lauer, Lauer, Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey, like career-ending shit. I'm so yeah. happy about Matt Lauer. Lauer Matt Lauer, okay. He was well, the voice of fucking justice for the longest time. Oh, fuck and you, Matt dude, Lauer. How does your own fucking medicine taste? Dude, listen. We talked about Where that you on, on our show. People know we, yeah. that at TMPS, Matt Lauer is the number one pecker of all time. Mm-hmm. So... People are aware of uh, th- this show's official stance on the Lauer. And, on the uh, Lauer. <laughs> Just to be clear, on the Lauer, huge, huge, huge pecker. Huge. And like, this is Matt Lauer is the number one pecker, okay? <laughs> the number one. I've met. Send him to jail. I've met hundreds of peckers, and he's the number one pecker. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I think I think that's the story. I, I saw a poll online. What's the story of 2017? The Trump presidency, but I uh terrorist attacks, it's this, that, and the, the other. The Me Too movement. Yeah, I, the Me Jones. Too movement. Right. Um, I really feel it's it's this. I think this has been the one thing because it it's not it's not just if you want to talk politically, it's not just liberals or conservatives. This has reached every. Everybody, everyone, it's ethical. It's just from a comedian like Louis C.K. to Bill O'Reilly. I mean, Bill O'Reilly, literally the king of cable news, mm. 
is now out of a job yeah. because of alle- now I'm going to say allegations. I don't know what really happened in any of these None circumstances. Of us do. And so I don't want to just be unfair and right. say Kevin Spacey is a perv. I mean, Matt Lauer apparently did have a button on his desk, but and he is the number one pecker. So but, fuck and him. That could but, have been for other reasons. Exactly. Like, hey, don't fucking bother me. I'm busy. I'm, exactly. I'm the Lauer. I am it was, the Lauer. But so. also, though, it was probably to trap people, yeah. young women. But <laughs> but regardless, we're talking allegations, and things have already been. Um, people have already been fired and stuff. So we're, yeah. we're beyond, we, we can't change that. So yeah. from Bill O'Reilly, the king of Fox News, uh, to the uh, you know liberal incarnate in uh, Matt Lauer and Kevin Spacey, yeah. to Garrison Keillor, mm-hmm. yep. Garrison Keillor, to the one and only Charlie Rose. Uh, okay, someone t- who to me is like an asexual person. He's yes. Charlie Rose. Right. I don't think he's allowed to leave his studio. <laughs> right. Like I think he, he lives just, there. I think he just sits in that studio. With, I've never with, seen him stand up. So no, he, that scene no. is a part of his body. Exactly. So. Um, Howard Stern was talking about his like towel trick or his shower trick where like if there was a new like hot intern, they would um, someone would say, hey, Mr. Rose wants to see you in his dressing room. And he'd be standing there naked and he would say, oh, I'm sorry. I just got out of the shower and would just like stand there with his dick out. I don't know. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. If I did that, the, a girl would be laughing. Right. They'd be I, laughing so at me. I'm sick of hearing about it, man. They'd be like, that's it? They'd be laughing. I'm so it's, sick it, of yeah. hearing it is, about it, It too. is what has defined our year. And, yeah. And honestly... And I know it's a very recent thing, so... It is. It, when, you're right. Second you half, re- let's say the second half of this year. Let's yeah. let's let's say from June onward, yeah. this is what the focus has been on, right? But it's such a huge story. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people in the know... Um, people in that industry, people especially in the theater industry, even yeah. Rosie, even Rosie O'Donnell, and other people were like, "Yeah, it, Kevin Spacey." Like, people knew that Kevin Spacey was a weird cat. Like they, they people that grew up around Broadway and doing shows like that. Yeah, listen, in high school, you knew the artsy people that did theater productions and did musicals and stuff like that. They weren't the most socially apt people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there were some cool cats that that did it, but at the same time, the drama kids were their own. Yeah. Separate group, okay? Yeah. And they were eccentric people because it takes a certain type of personality to want to get up in front of hundreds and hundreds of people at that time and, be and want to sing and do yeah. and dance and do things. And and that's what's awesome about you. You can sing in front of how many people? I mean, what was your largest audience that you sang in front of? Probably you know a I mean? few thousand. A few thousand people. It, absolutely incredible. You know what I mean? But people in theater, just like lowbrow productions, you know, you're doing, uh, you know, Streetcar yeah. Named Desire, whatever the hell you, you want to do. Um, those were eccentric people. That's a great play. You know, and it's it's fantastic play. So, but what I mean though is like those people grew up to still be weird people. Yeah, and we shouldn't be surprised. Well, everyone kind of knew that Spacey was probably gay. Yes, and yes. what's interesting is that even his character in House of Cards is gay. Yeah, is some tendencies is gay or. Well, you know, he his, has his, some proclivities. Yeah, his yeah. his marriage in that is definitely it's a sham. It's definitely based on a bit of the Clinton influence of Bill and Hillary knew together they could achieve right. the ultimate greatness. You know, they could achieve the White House. One of them could. Right. Um. Same thing with Claire and Frank Underwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know they're fictional. I said that from the beginning. They remind me of the Clintons a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though they're they're fictional, it's definitely like Frank and Claire know that together 
they could achieve the the ultimate. It's not level about love. It's an they pretty much say that in the show too. Exactly. To no, it's it's not it's not a it's not a secret in the show. Right. Um. So I will never. I only watched. I think the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. I, once it once, started to die off a little bit. Once Claire started to get like to see the the show worked for me when Frank was doing his thing and Claire was like his partner in crime. Yes. Right. Once she broke off and was like, I want to be president, I was like, nah, that's okay. Yeah. I literally turned it off. And it was like, what's next? Because I literally turned it off. That show was genius. And then yeah. as soon as you got the presence, you're like, okay, he well, got now it. where do you go from here? Now it's done. Right. Well, you've, You've achieved what you set out to achieve. Was it where they ended season two? Him behind the desk and he knocks his hand. Yeah, and and he pounds his that, hand. Bad ass. That dude. should, it, but that Freak, that should have been the end of it. That should have been done. Even though I wanted more, drop that should it. have been the end. Just of it. drop the mic. What a, it's a great he, show. Because you had just then achieved what the whole premise of the show was. They, yeah, is that Frank Underwood, under any circumstance possible, was going to attain the presidency of the United States. Right. There's yes. the whole premise of House of Cards. So at the end of whatever that was, season two, that premise was then achieved. He satisfies that premise, and then and everything like, after now? that is just How masturbation, ba- basically. Yeah, it's, just, it's, yeah, it's, it's let's it's just slap in the pickle a little bit. Exactly. Here's, let's let's ring the chamois for all it's worth. Let, let yeah, yeah. They should have exactly. drug it out. What else? Season. What else about this? We may be. Was it too quick? Yeah, they yeah. should have drug it. out. Did he achieve the premise too quickly? Mm-hmm. Was it? Was it poor planning? You you just can't start a show. Because season one, he's already killing people. Work your way up to killing people. You know, you know what true. I mean? Isn't that weird? Yeah. But that's, he's yeah, already that, well, fucking killing people. That was right. the same thing that happened with Breaking Bad. So, uh-huh. so no, I, I'm all about Breaking Bad. So Breaking Bad, to me, so I've seen every episode now, but after season three, um, I hated it. And the reason what? why, because Skyler, his wife, was the oh, worst. Was one of the worst characters of any show yeah. ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She would. They, she wasn't consistent. They built her yeah. to be such a harpy. Yeah. And you just wanted to hate her because the whole the whole point of the show is you're rooting for Walt. You're rooting for this guy. You're rooting for the scumbag. Yeah, you're rooting for the scumbag. Well, and, that's like The Sopranos. That's like any mafia movie, Casino. Yeah, you're, you're rooting you're, for You're him. like rooting for Joe Pesci, but he's like the worst human being on the planet. Right, right, right. If you take yourself out of it. But yeah. the thing that I've... And this, I love Breaking Bad season one through five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing they did genius is that they had such a slow progression in the beginning where it made it seem like not outrageous... And there was also redeeming qualities that that that, that he Walter started White slowly had. losing. And then towards yes, yes, towards yes, yes. From from season one to season five, he is he is all good and all evil. Right. Yeah. And, and the way that they made that gradual change throughout those seasons was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And even even like towards the end of season three, midway season four. He still had some redeemable qualities about him, and he still had an honorable reason for it, even though that reason became right. smaller to his eagle, ego over time. The, yeah. the thing is, is that if he didn't have his son in the show, the show wouldn't have worked. The son, Correct. The son was the balance. It was the last remaining impetus of, of good that he had left. Yeah. Did you watch The Sopranos? Every single episode. Did you? So did you watch The Sopranos? No, but I'm actually starting it because I just got. Eat I have all the DVDs now. somewhere. I'm not even going to talk about The Sopranos until you see all of it. Thank you. You're welcome. It's so, it's, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. I, and I and I have that 
going in. Like I know that going into it, the, so I'm trying not and, to get it too And I'm going to tell mind. you why. That show, in my opinion, is one of the most realistic shows mm-hmm. of all time. Because even Breaking Bad sometimes, and the uh, House of Cards for sure, yeah. is way out. Right. I mean, you know, there's like all these rumors that the Clintons kill people and stuff. I don't really know if Hillary's ever put a hit out on someone. I mean, I you know what I mean? It's all, yeah. It's, there's a, there, it's, it requires a suspension of belief. Yes. Yeah. But The Sopranos really doesn't. No. The Sopranos really makes you feel like these people probably exist mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form in New Jersey. Because they weren't doing it out loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like these people lived lavish lives, but at the same time, they were still doing grimy stuff. Yeah. And the whole time, they also had the counterbalance of the FBI yeah. and the cops, and they were like constantly pressuring, hey, we can't get to this guy. We can't get to this guy. Who do we have to? And you see... Yeah. One after another, his crew starts turning on him, yeah. turning on, turning on, yeah. and the hits here and there. Oh uh, yeah, the Sopranos. So, uh, the Sopranos is so well written. I'm yeah, so excited that it makes you think that it could possibly happen. Yes, and that's why. And also, it's HBO. Yes, so every episode is an hour. So every episode is like a movie. Yes, like imagine making a show. I guess Game of Thrones is the same way. Yeah, 100%. where where like every Phenomenal. episode is like filming a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every and Game of Thrones is like an epic. Yeah. It's, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable. It's, yeah. The I amount of money, show. the amount of money that they put into these shows is absolutely astounding. But yeah, but uh, it makes it all the worse how they ended that damn show. What, it makes me, I don't it just it. makes me, well, the, it's so famous, dude, the way yeah. they ended this damn show. It, it's, you know, some people are into it. I think people have gotten over it over the years. They're just like, well, okay, I get it. Do you yeah, think they, it could have been done better? Do you think yeah. some people are into it because they're already so invested in it? They don't want to. They like, you know what? I kind of agree, but it's like I got to stand behind the Sopranos. Well, okay, for, you know what it is. There, there's rumors that they were going to make movies, just like with Sex in the City. I, I heard that too before even because knew what because apparently the big the big rumor was that. Um, the owners of the strip club, the Abada Bing. Are, are you aware of that much of the show? I'm literally on like episode. Okay, three. well, well, they they hang out at a strip club called called the Bada Bing, and it's a real club in Jersey. It's not called the Bada Bing; it's called something else, I guess. Yeah. But apparently, the showrunners or whatever told that the, the the owners of that legit club to not change a thing, to not change it. To, to keep it exactly how it is, mm-hmm. even though the show was over, because of future plans for The Sopranos. And I have to be honest with you, if James Gandolfini was still alive, I bet you a million bucks we'd be there'd be a Sopranos movie on, on the horizon, if not in theaters right right now. That celebrity death shook the world more than a lot of celebrities. And let me tell you something. He had from that show. His funeral was a block from where I lived. Really? Really? At St. John the Divine Church on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. That's the one, the real old one, isn't it? The super huge old one. It's an Anglican church. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking huge. My mom and I went there for Easter once. I mean, we're not a, we're, we're Catholic, but, um, it's such a big and famous church. It was like, well, we could go to a Catholic church, but at the end of the day, it's still church. It's still Easter, you know, whatever. That, you know, Jesus, he'll forgive us. And so, um, really amazing. But, I I didn't go, like I wasn't going to go inside, but, you know, there were people 
they they had there was it was all like gated and stuff and right. and all the sopranos people were there and i was in my apartment and i thought about going over cuz i knew around when like the funeral was mm-hmm. and i don't know something in me was like you know what i it doesn't feel right it felt weird it to feel, just yeah. it felt grimy it it's felt like, really weird to go and like hang on like a barrier Trying to like see all the famous people. Why you got his because, sister? Because you were a funeral, feel like a like a schmuck, dude. Yeah, I feel, you feel so like dirty, a sh- like a like a like a tourist schmuck. Yeah, like do you live there? Like, Look, like I gotta you, tell you something. You when you live mean? in New York City, it is a completely different vibe. Yeah, from spent when, four days there. All I needed. See, that's what I mean. I spent all five I fucking years, needed. Yeah, I took me five years to get out of there, but. It's for some people it takes five days and they're like I'm fucking out and some people like me but love also it. some people love it though my my career I mean when you're an opera singer and you're a musician oh, actor to New York right? you got to go to New York if I, if you don't go to New York you're not doing anything mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm not even joking right yeah no, it's... you're either in New York or Italy <laughs> like, well no totally oh, I mean yeah. you got to go to New York <laughs> yeah if you're not if you're not studying there singing there if you don't know anyone there. Then you know you can go to law school. Like I mean, you're, you're, you're a just tomato not, farmer. You're gonna know where go where the soil is yeah, good to l- freaking grow tomatoes. Listen, I know my older sister loves L.A., uh, but she's in L.A. because she is an entertainment lawyer. Yeah, there right? you go, and that's where entertainment is. You're not going like, to be an entertainment lawyer in Iowa. Yeah, she wanted to do this kind of law where you deal with contracts, and she now a lot of things take contracts, not just entertainment, but. It kind of worked out where she found herself in that kind of contract law. Yeah. And she works on movies. And so where else would you be if right. you work on movie contracts? Yeah. Hollywood, baby. That's it. Hollywood. Right. Michael, you want to be an opera singer. You're going to have to move to New York City. Yeah. All right. You want to be a country singer. You If you don't go, go to Nashville. To, there's a girl at Bamboo. Amanda, if you're listening, you are the most beautiful girl I've ever met. And and <laughs> wait, is this is this uh, is this Amanda girl? Is this the the one that I saw that uh, the other night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, bamboo she, gets nice girl. Buck wild, man. yeah, man. Bamboo gets on white. Oh yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway, Amanda's the country singer. By the way, that'll never be not creepy to me. Yeah, <laughs> I love and, uh, it. I love it, but I cannot help but just cringe a little yeah. bit on the inside. And do I even asked her the other night. I'm like, Amanda, what are you still doing here? Why aren't you in Nashville? Yeah. And I guess she kind of bounced around the subject, but it kind yeah. of sounded like personal family, like me, Michael. Why aren't you still in New York? Personal family reasons. I need to be in Pittsburgh for all kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. When I this is where I need to be at, at this moment in my life. I have the rest of my life to live in New York, do opera, but for right now, this is where I I have to be. Sure. And she kind of said the same thing in so many words, but which she's, is completely understandable. And you want to know something? Anyone that I tell that to, it just understands right away, because it's the most important thing in the world. People don't realize what they're sacrificing. My, when, they, when they choose to be that yeah. high up in a career like that, you're literally yeah. sacrificing. Your, you're, you're putting your career over your family in a way. Yeah. Sure, you yeah. still love your family. You still care about your I family. I could have stayed in New York. said, hey, mom, so sorry. I'm staying in New York. Right. Hey, my Camila and my brother. And, oh, I, you know, I don't want to spend time with, with my niece and goddaughter. Because that's what it takes. That's it what does. it takes. It does. It, to be it's successful, brutal. especially in the arts, 
Uh, yep. It takes an extreme amount of sacrifice and selfishness. It, you know, it really and does. And a narcissistic personality. It does. Which I and have not, but, to a degree only because I think I learned it more mm-hmm. than... Oh, I learned it is the wrong word. I recognize... Adapted to it. I recognize that it needs to... I need to be that kind of person for a certain amount of my life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to consume me 100%. Right. right. Like during audition season, you don't talk to me. I don't date. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I it's like working. It's like when you're getting ready for the Mister I'm Olympia. It's a, it's a distraction. If you watch Generation I, Iron Part, Generation Part Iron Two or Generation Great, yeah. that column guy from yeah, Australia, Colum, Colum Von Moger, rest Dude. in peace, his right bicep. By the way, yeah, he, he right. T- he tore it doing yeah that stupid a, double a, a double bicep curl with his buddy that yeah. was like 400 pounds. Uh, what a jackalope! Fucking idiot! What a fucking jackalope! He's that dude's the dumbest. Do you know? Motherfucker. He, do you know he's, he's gonna so play so Arnold? That's what they said. They're, well, the, they're making well, has, a movie. His proportions are larger than Arnold's, but his physique. he's very his physique is very very similar to Arnold's. He has a very mesomorph physique. His muscles are he has they're called muscle bellies, but his muscle bellies are very full. Yeah, like there's there's a difference between looking some, bloated and some, looking yeah, proportional. Like he his muscle bellies not only do they look dense, but they're also very rounded. And yeah. that's that's a very good look, especially when you're a tall guy. Yeah, like Callum von Moger. But but back to what you were saying. Sorry, um, I don't remember. You were talking about selfishness, and then you brought up oh Callum von during Moger. Generation you, Iron yeah. Two. There's a scene where he's with his girlfriend, and then he's she's kind of like Callum, like hey, me me me, you know. And then he is training for this big competition. He breaks up with her. Yeah, and then there's another uh-huh. bodybuilder who is now retired or whatever. He had his time in the in the sun winning, and he goes, "When I was competing, I never had a girlfriend." <laughs> he goes, "I'd have girls, yeah, but it takes to get to the Olympia level, the competition level. It takes so much focus and dedication that there there's women no room. There's no room. There's for no it. unless you're part of that world." You have no idea what you it takes. No and that, fucking and, clue. And that's the whole thing is like, you know, because people just think steroids, dude. Yeah. And that's but even thing. if you're taking steroids, you still have to work out. You yeah. Gotta like, work your Cause ass you know, off. you know me, like, you know, I, I'm part of that world, right? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not obviously going to be in the Olympia, but I, I, I go to the gym every day. Yeah. I, I, I watch, I watch all the videos. I know all the, all, I know all the faces. I follow bodybuilding, all that stuff. I'm yeah. In, I'm in it. Right. I'm all about strong, man. Right. So, so my thing is this: like they even, even Ronnie Ronnie Coleman even says this. Jake Cutler says this. Dexter Jackson says it. They say there is nothing more selfish. There is no more selfish sport in the world than trying to be a bodybuilder. Because yeah. not not only are you not sure if it's going to work out for you, but you don't realize the type of dedication it takes until you get to that point and you think you look incredible, and then you step on stage and you get last place because you realize that. There's always going to be somebody bigger, stronger, more cut, yeah. more lean, more there, proportional. Yeah. There's other people willing to make those sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. There's unless because so you've seen Generation Iron. Yeah, you saw the Japanese guy um, Hitoshi. Oh the guy, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That he dates the uh, black. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She. That's the only way that would ever work. Yeah, is because she is like a six-time physique competition winner. Oh, she's you know won I mean? like ten Arnold she, Classics. She trains him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wow. Yeah. So, that's the only time a relationship's really going to work. So they, because they understand what it takes mm-hmm. 
to do what they do. And they do it together. They go yeah. to the gym together. They wake up. They're both sponsored athletes. It's yeah. not like I'm waking up at 4 a.m. I'm going to do my fasted cardio. I'm going to take in my first meal at 5. I'm going back to sleep. I'm waking up at 9. I'm going to the gym for the second time of the day. There's Those things are what the guy does. And then you date this girl. It's not like she's going... To be an office worker from yeah. nine to five, and right. she's going to stay with you. That's because not how that, you would, That's not you, how that works. You'd never be together. A relationship yeah. takes time. It takes effort. It takes time together. Them doing that is their time together. And you're right. It's like it's kind of like UFC fighters. You see, yep. UFC MMA fighters date MMA fighters. Yep. Yeah. Because it's it is a twenty four seven lifestyle Spartan. change. It's a Spartan you know. Speaking lifestyle. of that, what did you guys think of? I, did we talk about this the whole? Uh, the whole thing with um, the MMA fighter. What's Which one? Name? John Jones. John Jones. No, 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 no. Bones. And when the, he did the the boxing with the Mayweather. Oh, Conor McGregor. What was that all about? So, so I, I'll give my take on Conor McGregor. First of all, if you're a fan of Conor McGregor, a true fan of Conor McGregor, I'm going to assume that you've only been watching the sport for about four years. Okay? Yeah. I've been watching the sport for over 15 years. Conor McGregor is the most overblown, mm. bloated. No, he is key. Marketed athlete. He he has beaten people at the end of their primes. He has gotten lucky a few times, and he's a great fighter. He's a good fighter. Yeah. But he's a product of selling tickets. He is not a product of pure talent. If you're talking about martial artists and who the better fighter is, right now, Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, Tony Ferguson. I don't even, think Ferguson... Even, you think, Ferguson, think Ferguson, would rag, Ferguson would ragdoll Conor McGregor... And it wouldn't even be close. And that's not me. That's anybody that knows fighting, right? Know. When when Ronda Rousey got knocked out by Holly Holm, okay? Yeah. I was surprised Rousey lost that way, but I wasn't surprised that she lost. I okay? see. Yeah. Ronda, anybody that knows fighting knew that Ronda Rousey had absolutely no striking game. Her um, her striking coach, Turkanian, whatever his name is, he's a Turvanian, Turkanian. He's he's kind of a bum too. Yeah, and, and, she, her, and like you were her saying, her striking is absolute dog shit. Yeah. So whenever she got caught with a left kick to the to the face, okay, and she got knocked out, it wasn't like it was this crazy thing. Conor McGregor isn't even the best striker in his class. Now moving on to boxing, okay. Yeah. Number one, it's a money grab. Sure. Okay? Totally. Yeah. Mayweather. Mayweather's the money fight, he, he, and there's no more great iconic names in boxing. Triple G's up there. And Noma, uh, Lomachenko's up there. Those are the last two, okay? And those are still up-and-coming fighters. But other than those two, I probably... I used to be able to name you 20 boxers. Now I can... I will struggle to name you 10. Yeah. I can name you the entire UFC roster. Yeah. yeah I can tell yeah. you who they fought. It's because it's a more violent sport. It's a more attractive sport. And yeah. people are just savages in general. May, I, I've Mayweather, grown to follow that sport more than like any other sport nowadays. Mayweather yeah. carried Conor McGregor. If you don't think Mayweather Conor carried Conor McGregor, Mayweather could have ended that fight in the third round if he wanted to. Yeah, Mayweather carried Conor McGregor to make it a fight. Okay, and then you know because Mayweather, the, I'm sorry, McGregor, just he, it just wasn't right. Like he just wasn't. He did, it, did, it just didn't seem like he was fighting right. Does that make sense? If you, he wasn't fighting like a boxer. Yeah. Because you, he doesn't have that background. And he you, kept hitting the back of Mayweather's. He kept doing yes. such like illegal moves because he's used to be able to be able to do that he, shit. He's hammer yeah. fisting. If yeah. You, if you look at the fights that Mayweather or Pacquiao have had with people like 
Antonio Margarito, um, Ricky Hatton, guys like this, uh, Canelo Alvarez, people, yeah. people that literally spent their entire lives boxing, okay? To think that, first of all, McGregor is in the same class as them is not only foolish it's it's all it's it's super naive it's yeah. just it's it's, so, naive it's insulting a little it's bit. insulting the, the mayweather is the finest defensive boxer i've ever seen in my lifetime okay okay and, it's not, and i yeah. don't like mayweather but people buy mayweather fights and then they complain they're well he's a boring fighter no, he's a counterpuncher, and that's what you get with a Philly Shell style defense. Right? Yeah, that's that's what you get. So, people that complained about the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, oh May- Mayweather runs and blah blah blah, then you don't understand boxing because that's what Mayweather does. He's the finest at hitting and not getting hit, and technically that's what boxing is. It's a is. point game. It's a point it's, game. It's a UFC point game. is about damage. Boxing is is, about is points. points. It's yep. it's you tap a guy in the chest. It might not do that much damage at all, but, but it's a point. It's a point. A, a judge is tallying on your side for that yep. that yeah, small yeah, little yeah, strike yeah, that does yeah. no damage. So at the at the end of a twelve round fight, no one's got a hardly any of a, of a bruise on them, but there could be a clear winner. Oh sure. Where UFC, a, a dude nine times out of ten's got his lip hanging off his face. He's he's the loser because yeah. there was a dominating <laughs> fight. So yeah, yeah, when yeah. you when you go on comment boards and things like that, they're like, well. You know, we'll put Mayweather in a ring in in the UFC cage, and we'll see what happens. Well, Mayweather wasn't trying to get in the UFC cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the question was, could Conor McGregor beat Mayweather in a boxing match? And the fact of the matter is, is no. Mayweather carried him, yeah. literally carried him. If you if you can't if you've ever seen a Mayweather fight and you think that Conor McGregor is outboxing him, you're out of your mind. And, and Mayweather the, Mayweather fought a completely different style for those first. Yep. What was it? He he lost in the eighth round or the seventh round. When did he lose? Ninth. ninth well, round. no. I mean, I. How many rounds were, were there? Do you I remember? Believe, I believe there were nine rounds. So to that fight. nine, nine or ten rounds. It literally yeah. felt like Mayweather hung out for seven, and then turned and it then on. And then first eight and nine, just kicked his ass. And Conor McGregor. I want to get. I want to touch on yeah. McGregor for a second, though. He, he did admirable as an MMA fighter. Fantastic. He he did, he, he performed better than say some. Say what boxers. you want about. Yeah. He did. Say what you want about. Mayweather fight a different style. He tagged Mayweather a couple times, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the way Mayweather fights, he has his shoulder up and he leans yeah, he rolls, back, yeah, he so he rolls, rolls punches. So even if you you hit him, it's doing no damage because he's 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 cradling each punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think you are right in saying McGregor's a little overrated as a boxer, and part of that is his genius and the way he markets himself, and he's a fantastic businessman at that. But I think he's got one of the most powerful. Accurate left left strikes Straight. in the game right now. No, and listen, that that I'm strike not, touches I'm, people. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that his stand up is world class. There's no doubt in my mind that Conor McGregor's stand up is fantastic. I'm saying that once he is on the ground, he is not even top eight in his weight class. When he's on the bottom, when he's, when he's on top. He's he's good. Well, but on you're the, su- you're supposed to be good on top, right? Period. But then you look at Michael Bisbing when he's on the bottom. He's almost he'd almost rather be on the bottom. Do you see the fight against GSP yeah. from the bottom? He's winning that fight. Yeah, it's, he won the round. He was on the bottom. The McGregor, whole time. but the point of the, is this: McGregor did fine for what it was supposed to do. It's, yeah, it sold tickets. They made it a show. Well, because and I, they both made millions yeah, the, and millions and millions of dollars off it and that's fantastic the, but as far as pure boxing and entertainment is concerned yeah 
Mayweather carried that fight, and I'm not riding Mayweather's jock. I don't like watching Mayweather. I yeah. don't love his fights. And the pe- if, people watch him to lose. That's why pe- he gets all people, these Yeah, exactly. But that's the brilliant part. McGregor and Mayweather are so much alike in the fact that they market each other, they talk all this trash, and you just want to see them get clocked, yeah. right? And it doesn't happen, and then they can win, they can lose, whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, is they're still walking back to the bank with millions and millions of dollars. With and smiles then, on their fucking and face. And all yeah. you're doing is you're going back to Twitter and you're tweeting about how much of a sham the fight was. Well, I mean, if you remember like when the fight was over... McGregor didn't go off and cry. He was cheering his ass oh off. Oh, my God. He was flying a flag, yeah. hugging Mayweather, because he just made $30 million or something yeah. like that. I mean, Mayweather made 100 but, you know, I'll take 30. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I'll take that's, 100. That's Wonka's golden I'll ticket, take, boy. I'll take, take 50,000. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take... I'll Yo, take ten grand. Le- legit, <laughs> legit, five hundred dollars could really help me out of a jam right now. Yeah, you want to fight Mayweather? Yeah. So fight Mayweather. Um, no, but that's that's how I feel about it. But, but Mike, back. I don't want to keep getting back to it, but I feel like KMF is going to be the thing. Yeah. We, you and I are going to plan this whole thing out. We'll see yeah. if we can get some more attendees. Yeah, yeah. It'll 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 all come together. I know it's kind of last minute, but uh, um, I was trying to think of you know we could go to a bar. I'm down for whatever you want to do. You know, I think let's kind of see. You we know, can also, even pregame here if you want. Well, to. I, I was thinking, you know, I would rather s- drink in my home, watch the ball drop in my home with whatever channel we want to watch. Because, you know, every channel on TV, whether it's a CNN or whatever, a news channel, Fox News or whatever, rocking New Year's Eve with what's his name? I never Ryan, watched the ball drop. Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Matt Lauer is going to be doing the ball drop on like TBS yeah. this year. <laughs> Can you but, believe the ball's dropping? Oh, oh my god! Oh, oh, I'm such a he pushes, pushes my buttons. <laughs> but anyway, so um, I'd I'd rather just do it in my home. Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe if we wanted to go out to a bar to all meet and then come back here and and I put the starting time at 10 p.m. But like I said, that's it's whatever you want. That's do. arbitrary. Right. That was just so I could put something. Mm. So I thought, well. You know, but hey, we will talk about it. Yep. We will make a, a thing. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for listening and happy new year. And uh, you know what? I guess we'll see you in 2018, right? We'll see you in 2018. Also, don't forget to listen to. That's right. This is no laughing matter. We got a new computer. We're getting everything set up for you guys. Episode five is coming your way in the new year. And uh, I just want to thank Mike for having us. Yeah, I appreciate you having us. Hey, this has uh, been a great show. First off, the pad here is fantastic. Thank I love you. the pad you live in. The studio setup, like I said, is is great. Yeah, I feel like we got to step our game up in my janky ass apartment. <laughs> we 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 have a circular table with about two and a half feet of square space uh, to do this podcast. Yeah, on. so we we will invest in some Michael Papinchak quality <laughs> equipment. But until but until then, we will see you in the new year. All right, guys. Hey, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Michael Papinchak Show. For all your tailoring needs, head up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. Email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment.